so rocks in this church, doesn't he? <laughs> I just love to be here. Do you know, I have a message tonight that I have to sort of give you a warning for, okay? Because it could rock your world. It could turn your life upside down. So are you ready for that tonight? Are you sure you're ready for that tonight? All right, my message is called this. It's called Grabbing God's Attention. How many of you want to live a life that grabs the attention of God? I know I do. So we're going to take a look at that tonight. And do you know what? There's something that I've noticed in the work that I do. And that is that there is a cry in everybody's heart on this planet for attention. Isn't there? There is a cry in the heart of people for attention. And it doesn't seem to matter to some of us whether it's positive attention or negative attention so long as somebody is taking notice of us, right? So I want to say to you, just as things are in the natural, so things are often in the spiritual, And I want to tell you that if you look long and hard enough in your heart, you will see inside of yourself a longing for the attention of God. You know, there's lots of ways that um, we seek attention, eh? Sometimes we do really loud, out there, outrageous kind of things. When I think about somebody who's doing a loud, out there thing, I think about when I'm sitting at the traffic lights. And I'm waiting for it to turn green so I can go on my way and do what I need to do. And someone rocks up beside me, and I hear the thud, 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 thud. Now, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit there and say, um, watching the lights, waiting, green, 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 come on, green? No way. What do I do? My neck swivels round just like yours would, and you go, whoo, check it out. Nice wheels. Good sound box, you can hear it booming, right? It grabs my attention. You know, sometimes people do kind of quiet things to get people's attention too. You know, um, the chicks will relate to this one. You know, like you're at school or at work and suddenly someone's not talking to you. And you sort of, you ignore it for a while and then it just gets the better of you and you kind of go, up, you're like, oh. Are you okay? Are you? You just don't seem happy. You're right. And and then you get this really depressed voice come back at you. Yeah, that says, oh, I'm okay. Doesn't matter. And you're going, oh, come on, something's wrong. Tell me, you can tell me. And this person comes back to you, oh, you wouldn't understand. It's okay. Now, one thing you don't ever do is tell a chick that you wouldn't understand because it's like, honey, you have my attention now. You think I don't understand. I'm going to do everything to understand you. That's what God put me on this planet for. Okay. So people do loud things and they do quiet things to get attention. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about how to get God's attention. And you know what I'm really grateful for? I don't have to drive a really loud, fast car to get the attention of God. And Doug's wallet said amen to that. I don't have to get in a sulk or look all depressed 
to get the attention of God either. I just need to go to his word and find out how to get his attention. I want you to turn in your Bibles tonight to 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. I love this scripture. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Isn't that a good scripture? God is actively looking. He's not just passive about it. He's actively looking backwards and forwards. Who on this planet can I show myself strong to? I don't know about you, but I want to position myself in a way that receives that attention to God. Not because I need the attention for myself, but because I need God's strength to do what he wants me to do on this earth. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ tonight, you are called to be a carrier of God's strength. Do you know what it means to be strong? I had a wee look in my dictionary. It says to be powerfully effective. Who wants to be powerfully effective in their life? I know I do. Do you know, my mum has had um, so much surgery. Uh, Doug calls her the cat with nine lives. She's had so much surgery. She's been through so much pain. You know, and there are times that my mum has struggled because your average painkiller is not going to do it for her. It's like the attacks of pain are so strong and just one after the other. She needs a strong painkiller. Why? Because it's more powerful. It's effectively powerful against those strong attacks of pain. And I want to tell you tonight, God wants to show himself strong to you. He wants to be powerfully effective in you and through you. Because guess what? There is somebody else out there that wants to attack you with his pain. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, the devil is looking for a life that he can mess about with. Just as God is looking for a life that he can show himself strong in, the devil says, here's a family. I might get in there and destroy that one. Here's a young person's life. I might just screw that up with an alcohol addiction or a cigarette addiction. There's so many things that he wants to do to get our attention, but God wants our attention too. I want to tell you tonight that the word of God says in that, in that verse in 2 Chronicles that it's your heart, your heart, not what happens to you, but your heart that determines whose attention you will grab, God's attention or the devil's attention, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Turn to your neighbor and say, the choice is yours. Who then will attract the attention of God? Those whose hearts are loyal to him. And do you know what the best thing is? 
The best thing about having a loyal heart is I'm responsible for that. So it's all up to us how we position ourselves. It doesn't matter what my background is. It doesn't matter whether my parents divorced before I hit two or not. It's up to me and my heart, just like it's up to you and your heart tonight. We're going to open up our Bibles and take a look at somebody that I think is one of the most incredible women. The most incredible woman. She's a woman whose heart was so loyal, it'll completely blow your mind. Okay, now I want to say also um, to the guys here who might think that I'm preaching a women's message at a women's meeting, I am not. (laughs) Okay, this is a woman of God. Yes, but we can learn truths from this woman's life that will set us up to receive the attention of God. So you can make us strong to do all the things that Pastor Mike spoke to us about this morning. I need God's strength to do those things, and I'm sure you do too. So let's have a look at Ruth. We're going to look at chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. Actually, before we do that, I better tell you a little bit about where, where Ruth has come up till now. This is happening in a, in a place called Moab, and there's a famine in the land. Everybody say famine. It's a famine in the land. So this woman, Naomi, is in the land of Moab with her husband and her two sons. Her husband dies in the midst of the famine, and so do her two sons. And that leaves her with two daughter-in-laws. She is struggling to put food on the table And she makes a decision to go back to the land of Judah. She says, I'll go back there because God's doing things. God's feeding his people there. I'm going there. But she says to her daughter-in-laws, go back home. Go back where you came from. And you know, one daughter-in-law obeys Naomi. And she says, yes, I'll go. And she goes. But Ruth... Ruth says, loyal to the end, and says, I will not go. I'm coming with you. And this is Ruth's response in verses 16 to 18. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Isn't that an incredible picture of loyalty? You know, if we can learn from Ruth how to have a loyal heart and apply that in our relationship with God, we will position ourselves to receive God's attention and not the devil's. Amen? Let's look at verse 16 where it says, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Do you know, Ruth was not ashamed to declare her loyalty to Naomi. She stood before her face to face and said, I'm with you all the way, no matter what the cost. I don't believe Ruth said that 
just because it was her mother-in-law. I don't believe she said it because she was a good friend, although she was. Do you know when she said that, that was an act of faith for Ruth. She had no idea what was ahead. She said, I have a new life, Naomi, and it's with you. She said, wherever you're going, I will go. Because I won't go back to my mother. I won't go back to the past. I'm no longer interested in the things that held my attention in the past. Those things aren't attractive to me anymore. I want no part of them. You know, alcohol played a huge part of my life before I came to know Jesus. And when I look at the way it destroys people's lives, I am so thankful that I've walked away from that that life. I've walked away from drunkenness. I've walked away from dependency. And never again will I go back to it. She said, I've entered into your family and I've made a commitment to you for life. So here I am, lining my life up with yours, lining it up with yours, and I will follow after you. So even in the midst of uncertainty, Ruth had no idea what lay ahead. She was not prepared to turn her back on Naomi. The first step to demonstrating a loyal heart to God is to confess your commitment to Jesus. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just like Ruth did before Naomi, we need to publicly declare our commitment to Jesus Christ. And it all begins with a prayer to God saying, I've made a mess of my life. And I'm empty on the inside. Jesus, I want you to become the Lord or the leader of my life. But do you know that confessing your commitment to Jesus Christ does not stop there? It does not stop with one simple, simple prayer. It's about giving over our whole life to God. I loved it when we sang tonight about, I am not ashamed. That is commitment. Not just to pray a prayer, but to say, I I am going to follow you wholeheartedly and I am not ashamed. It's about bursting at the seams to tell your friends about Jesus. It's about having so much passion for God on the inside that you want your family, your workmates to hear about him. Do you know, I've There's something I think it might have been you, Pastor Dave, preached a while ago about Jesus not being like an add-on in your life. And I thought about that. And it really stayed with me. And I thought, you know, Jesus is not like the dessert. He's not the ice cream and the cake that you cram on the inside when you've got enough room to get it in there. Do you know what Jesus Christ is? He's the main course. He's the bit that everyone needs just to stay alive. Are you with me tonight? You've gone real quiet on me. 
Let's look at Matthew 10, 32, because it says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. You know, when we tell others about our commitment to Jesus, he's saying to God, look at the loyalty of the heart of that one down there. And he's talking to God. He's talking to the Father about you because you're talking to somebody else about him. And he's saying, look at that person. Look at them telling their friends about me. God, send your attention his way, her way. God, send your strength that they can do what they need to be able to do for you. Isn't that a good way to grab God's attention? Talk to your friends. Let's read on. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Ruth wanted to stay with Naomi. She was prepared to follow her wherever she went. She was prepared to set up camp over here, if that's where Naomi was. She was prepared to move over here, if that's where Naomi went. It didn't matter where she was. She was going to be there. Comfortable or uncomfortable, she was going to be there. Ask Doug what uncomfortable is. He experienced uncomfortable in China. God's still working on me in that area. But whether it was comfortable or not, she said, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. She was prepared to endure more famine, other hardships along the way, just to stay with her. Do you know what she gave up? She gave up her right to determine where she would go and what she would do with her life. How many of us are prepared to do that tonight? Because the second step to demonstrating a loyal heart to God is to stay in the presence of God. Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Staying in the presence of God is how we show him that we are keepers of our commitment. Do you know, about 12 or 13 years ago, I think it might have been this. Actually, I don't think this step existed. I think it was about here. Doug and I stood here before our friends and our family. We were pretty shy that time, so we stood this way, I think. But we stood right here, and we said before our friends and our family that we love one another and that we'd be loyal to one another and faithful. And everybody go, oh. And it was great. Getting married is a fantastic thing. You see, my expectation after that day that we stood here, it certainly wasn't my expectation before, after we stood here and exchanged our vows, I had an expectation that Doug would leave the boys' flat. This is kind of a funny thought. Who can imagine Doug in a boys' flat? Doug was in a boys' flat. So I said, okay, this is my expectation, Doug. You've made your commitment to me. Leave the boys' flat. Come share a house with me. Come on holiday with me. Have fun with me. Now, how do you think I would have felt if after a month or two, Dougie says to me, oh, I don't know if I want to do 24-7 with you anymore, mate. <laughs> 
What if he started going back to the boys' flat and spending more time there than with me? What if he said, um, yeah, I kind of like hanging out with you for the odd video night, but don't know about anything else. I'd be devastated, right? Because he's not demonstrating loyalty to me. He hasn't put legs on his verbal commitment that he made to me here. And we need to make sure in our relationship with God that we don't position ourselves where he's questioning our loyalty. You go back to that boy's flat, mate, and I'll question your loyalty. And it's the same in our relationship with God. If our hearts are loyal, we want to be in his presence. We want to worship him. We want to get lost in praising him. We want to give everything we can to him, share our heart with him. You know, we'll be longing just to be with the God that created us because he loves us and we love him back. That's what draws the attention of God. Somebody who's hungry to be in his presence. Verse 16, the next part says, Your people shall be my people and your God my God. You see, Ruth's heart was so loyal to Naomi that she willingly embraced the things that were important to Naomi. She said, I'll give up my old identity and I'll take on yours. I'll let go of my culture. I'll let go of the things that are important and valuable and familiar to me. And I'll lay hold of your culture, Naomi. I'll think the way you think. I'll do things the way you do things. That was her level of loyalty. She said, I'll be passionate I'll be passionate about the things that you are passionate about. And the God that you serve, the God that gives purpose to your life, I'll serve him also. And that same purpose that you've received from your God, I'll receive as well. You see, Naomi's passion and purpose was wrapped up in her relationship with God and her relationship with her people. So she was prepared to live her life not according to her passion or her own sense of purpose, but according to Naomi's passion and Naomi's purpose that God gave her. The third step toward growing a loyal heart is to embrace the purpose of God. See, what is the purpose of God for our lives? Pastor Mike told us this morning. What are we all meant to be? Well, we're here. We're missionaries right? We're missionaries on this planet. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. God's people are our people. God's people are our people. Every person on this planet has been created by God. He has a purpose for every person. And we need to have such a cry in our hearts for the lost, for the people that he created who are going to hell. See, God has given us all we need to make disciples of all the nations. He's given us the Holy Spirit. What more do we need? He's given us what we need to make disciples right here 
in New Zealand, as well as in China and Uganda and all the places that our church sends people to. You see, there's no opportunity, no shortage of opportunity for us to demonstrate our loyalty to God by reaching out to the people around us who don't know Jesus. There are opportunities constantly to reach out. That's what he wants us to do. That's how we embrace his purpose. That's how we position ourselves to have him show us, show himself strong through us. See, when you lay hold of God's passion for people, you lay hold of his purpose for your life. And people, that gets God's attention. That gets his attention. In verse 17, Ruth says, Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Do you know there was nothing temporary about Ruth's loyalty? And that is it. That's not saying, well, I'll do my best while you're around, Naomi, but you know, eventually you'll move on and then I'll be freed up to do my own thing. No way. She didn't say that. Her priority to remain faithful and loyal to Naomi was going to stay that way until Naomi died. It was going to go beyond her grave and even into Ruth's grave. What an amazing expression of loyalty. You see, her priority, her priority until the day she died would be remaining loyal to Naomi, regardless of the personal sacrifice. And she even went so far as to say, Lord, you deal with me. You punish me. You do whatever you want to do me. Even death I will receive if I break this promise that I'm making to Naomi. Isn't that amazing commitment? She was prepared to lose her life in order to be loyal, not just to Naomi, but to her people and to her God. The fourth step to demonstrating a loyal heart to God is to die to yourself. Everybody say, die to yourself. <laughs> what does it mean? What does that mean? To die to yourself. It means that you put God's desires before your own. It means you become eternally minded because that's how God prioritizes things. He's more concerned with people's eternity than he is with their here and now. We need to have an eternal mind. Dying to yourself means letting go of some of the self-centered wants that you have in order to give to someone else who's in need. Some of us in this place this morning died to ourselves because in those baskets up the front, we put in what God wanted us to put in, not what we felt we had left over. That is dying to yourself. Matthew 10, 38, 39 says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. See, personal sacrifice always, 
always grabs the attention of God. So if you feel like you've made a huge personal sacrifice today, welcome to the club. You're now in position to receive God's attention. Isn't that good news tonight? You see, Jesus died at the cross to get eternal life for us. So if we're to show our commitment to God, we need to be prepared to do the same. That doesn't mean that we pin ourselves up on a physical cross. What it means is that we publicly identify with him. It means that we're prepared to experience opposition. We're prepared to face suffering and even death for his sake. You see, at the cross, Jesus gave his life for ours. And God wants us to reap all the benefits. But first, we must also give our life to him. See, he wants us to lay down our lives and pick up his. Because when we die to ourselves, we come into the fullness of what he has for us. So finally in Ruth 1 verse 18, it says, When she saw that she was determined, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, determined, determined, determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Do you know what the word determined means? It means fixed in your thinking. Ruth had made up her mind. Now, how many men in this place know you don't mess with a woman who's made up her mind, okay? Women who've made up their mind are absolutely determined, and men who make up their mind are absolutely determined also. You see, she was unshakable, completely unshakable in her decision to stay with Naomi no matter what. She was determined to prioritize her relationship with Naomi over her own desires and wants. And what was the end result? Because she didn't know at the time what the end result would be. But in chapter 2, we find out that God gives a divine appointment to Ruth that radically changes her life and Naomi's. See, God notices loyalty and he rewards it with abundance. Did you get that? God notices loyalty and he rewards it with abundance. My last point tonight is this. Be determined. God notices a determined spirit. Have you ever seen a dog with a bone? He gets that thing in his mouth and he usually takes it away somewhere private and he works on that bone, doesn't he? And he takes hold of that and look out anybody who comes near that dog with the bone. First thing the dog does is give the evil eye. Second thing the dog does is he bears his teeth. And if you get even close enough, he'll start snarling at you, right? You see, a dog with a bone is a picture for us of determination. That's the spirit that God wants us to have. He wants us to be like a dog with a bone over the promises that God's given us. Let me ask you this. What are you doing with the things that God has promised you? Are you determined to see them in your life? 
Or if you dropped the bone and walked away from it and said, well, whatever. If it happens, it happens. You see, when I first became a Christian, my body was covered from head to toe in the most horrendous eczema. It was painful. It kept me awake. It wept and bled. Do you remember those days, Ian? I'd go and see Ian for ministry and say, man, I need healing. What can I do? And um, Ian stood with me really faithfully at that time. But do you know what I did? I stand here completely healed, completely healed tonight. And I'm so grateful to God. But do you know what it took? It took utter determination absolute determination. I laid hold of the word of God. The word of God said by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. It did not say I could be healed. It did not say I would be healed in God's timing. The word of God said I was healed, was, it has happened. It happened 2000 years ago. And so I laid hold of that word and like a dog with a bone, I put it in my mouth and I spoke it and I spoke it and I spoke it until radically one day God came on my body and there I was whole and healed and have walked in healing for years since. See, every time I felt like the devil was crowding around me, wanting to take that bone off me, I gave him the evil eye. I gave him the evil eye and I snarled back. I showed him my teeth. And I said, this promise of healing belongs to me. Back off. I'm not letting it go. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Be determined. That word steadfast means determined. Be determined, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You see, he assures us that everything we do for him is useful. But it's all up to us to be determined. It's up to us to go against the apathy of the other people that are around us. It's up to us to prioritize being with God. It's up to us to demonstrate to God that we didn't just make a prayer one night and invite him into, his, into our lives, but to demonstrate to him that we will remain loyal and faithful. You see, when we wholeheartedly focus on what God wants us to do, he will provide the strength we need to accomplish it. Tonight, as I bring this to a close, I want to ask you this. Can we have some musicians, please? Do you want to be noticed by God? Do you? Do you want to be noticed by God? Or do you want to be noticed by the devil? Because someone in the spirit realm is noticing you tonight. Someone in the spirit realm is noticing you tonight. Will it be God or will it be the devil? Do you want to position yourself so that God is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth 
And it's you who grabs his attention. I want God to be looking through the earth and go, Havelock North, Kalinda. There's my attention. Why? Because I'm special? No. But because my heart is loyal towards him. Do you want him to show his strength in your life? Because if you do, you need to apply the things I've talked about tonight so that your heart is loyal toward him. If you're saying, yes, Lord, then I want to ask you, how loyal is your heart? Have you confessed that you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins? Have you asked him to rule over your life and to be real? Have you continued to press into God? Are you so hungry for the Holy Spirit that you've done all you can to stay in his presence? Or have you withdrawn from him? Have you stepped back on the inside and returned to your old ways? What are you doing to embrace the purpose of God for your life? Who are you reaching out to? Who? Who? Who are you reaching out to with the gospel, with the good news that Jesus Christ died for them? And how are you showing the love of God to people who don't know him? Have you laid your life down for God? Have you taken up your cross? Have you put God first in your life and truly died to yourself? Are you determined tonight, above all else, to serve him for the rest of your days? Are you unshakable in your faith for Christ? Are you fixed, fixed on the promises of God for healing, for prosperity, for the salvation of your family? Are you fixed on him? Are you determined? Because that's what the spirit God wants you to have. Just while every eye is closed and every head bowed tonight, I want to ask something really important in this place. Maybe somebody brought you along and as I've been talking about Jesus, you've thought, I don't know this person. I don't know this God. And I know that there's this enormous craving on the inside for attention. I've tried some of the loud things and I've tried the quiet things. But somehow the attention of people just doesn't seem to fix the hole. If you're in this place tonight and you say yes, I want the attention of God, but I don't know this Jesus. I don't know how to take the first step. If you want to say tonight, Kalinda, I'm ready to take that first step. I'm ready to meet this Jesus and to make him leader of my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Will you just raise your hand and say, yes, I want to know Jesus. I want to take that first step. So I can receive the attention of God to make me strong, to make me strong. Maybe in this place tonight, there are people who are saying, 
Yes, God, I've prayed a prayer. I've prayed that prayer to you. And I know that you are the Lord of my life. But I am challenged to the core tonight. I'm challenged about how determined I am to hold on to your promises. I want to be positioned, Lord God. I want to be positioned to to have you notice me so that you can give me strength. If that's you tonight, just as we praise God, I want you to come and to stand at the altar, to stand before God and to say, yes, tonight. Tonight I come up another level. Tonight I come up another level of commitment. Let's stand and sing to God tonight.